Hi folks, Sal here. This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Alright, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So we are two weeks away from the end of the year, practically, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah, which everyone is like clamoring for, uh, myself included. Um, I know it's an artificial construct. It doesn't really like just because 2020 ends doesn't mean that, you know, all the, all troubles the end. <laughs> all the troubles are over or that like, you know, all the things that happened in 2020 are magically washed away. Uh, it's just an opportunity for rebirth restructuring looking back uh but that's not what this is uh that's coming towards the end of the year we're going to do like kind of like a post-mortem on the year yeah. uh, particularly on on the subjects that we care about here yeah, on the yeah. show um but uh but we're too we're too far away from that and i'm already out of gas so <laughs> we're gonna do a q a where we just kind of like let you guys dictate the conversation because honestly uh tiffany and i did the uh our breakdown of the mcu announcements from mm-hmm. uh the week prior and uh number one was very popular thank you very much for checking it out if you haven't already go watch that episode uh number two that's gonna dominate the conversation anyway the mcu exactly. stuff the star wars stuff inescapable uh, yeah, the DC stuff. Uh, that's why, I, actually, I, I picked the Snyder Cut poster for this thumbnail just because I'm like, I'm sure it's going to come up, but more accurately, it's like, this is a thing that is happening, that's like coming, that's yeah. going to be a reality. Uh, and, uh, and and it's relevant to, I'm sure, a lot of people's interests here in the chat. Um, no so there's a lot of stuff uh, that, have happen- that has happened or that is about to happen uh, in our sphere of influence uh, or commentary, I guess you could say. So yeah, uh, we're going to jump into it. Uh, by the way, if you are interested, uh, today's show is sponsored by you out there. If you're watching the show live, you can sponsor today's episode by asking a question here in this Q&A uh, by using the Super Chats. And if you do so, we'll read it here on the show. And of course, uh, the proceeds go to continue this whole thing. Uh, somebody asked if there's a back issues tomorrow. And I will say, there hasn't. we haven't missed a week in like six years. So yes. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, by the way, if you're like, what? I didn't miss anything. Like, or oh, I missed a couple episodes. That was on you. You got to go back, watch more. <laughs> There's a whole playlist. Check it out. Um, Psycho Red says, uh, I'm going to be interviewing Jason Inman. Any tips for being in, for a beginning interviewer? Well, uh, great get, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Inman's a fun guest. Uh, depending on, don't let, here, here's a tip. Don't let Jason trick you into thinking you're a good interviewer <laughs> because Jason is a good guest very and, much so and an excellent interviewer in his own right and he will make the experience easy and f- and feel flawless and you'll think you're a wizard and that's <laughs> that's the job of a really good guest or a really good interviewer is to that's make it feel effortless. Trick. exactly it makes you feel effortless so one of my tricks for uh for interviewing is to have a cheat sheet on your screen of questions mm-hmm. that are in some way interesting and not the of the norm, but still relevant to the conversation. Yeah. So I, I also have, and this has tripped me up before, but I like to look up interviews with the interviewee. Mm, try and see, too. Yeah, see what they respond to, see questions that they're asked that they're like, I don't give a shit Sorry. about that. Or they clearly don't care about, you know, uh, or that they get asked a lot. So you can use it as an opportunity to say, I know you're asked this a lot, but here's a new spin on that question, you know. 
definitely so. notes are great too because uh, it makes sure that there's no like uh, dead air in an interview which is one of the yeah. most annoying and when you're conducting an interview it's one of the most horrible feelings in the world dead air you feel like you're failing so yeah keeping notes is definitely great and just you know personalize it for the person you're talking to like hey i saw on your social media feed that blank and then you know they can talk about blank yeah what you really ought to do is uh unfortunately hot ones uh has uh you know that show mm. where uh, first we feast or whatever the hell it's called but yep. it's the it's it's the show where the dude interviews people while eating hot wings mm -hmm. he is a terrible interviewer <laughs> but uh, he does ask really good questions. Yes, he does. And uh, so the takeaway from that is, you know, maybe watch an episode or a half an episode and go like, okay, Sal said he's a terrible interviewer. Why is he terrible at this job? But why are the questions so good? And then come up with a way of like going, how would I ask that question? Because the other thing, of course, is really important. Make it you, you know, put oh, your spin on it. Um, I, I once did an interview. Somebody tried r too hard to be on and it's mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. Be authentic, be honest, be be yourself as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might want to play it up a little bit, you know, just to just to keep the energy high, especially if you're if your energy is really low on the interviewee side. Naturally. But uh, but with Jason, it's going to feel really easy. So have a good time um, and tell him I said hi. Uh, Meow Nian says, I rarely have the chance to catch these nowadays, but did you guys think the events and the maxi series have become so long that they're becoming the literally the, the literary equivalent to edging? I miss four to eight issues with little to no tie-ins. I mean, now is probably a bad time to talk about that because there was two months with no comics, which means events that should have been done way sooner are taking forever now to get done. Also, I, I, I feel like he's talking about death metal. Death metal is an odd beast because it's like, yeah, it's only six issues. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice and short. Cool, I can dig that but also a hundred different special issues. And you're going to have to read the special issues because they literally take place right after the main numbered installment. So it's like, oh, well, then I guess it's not that short at all. <laughs> you you tricked me into thinking it was short, at least with Empire, when they said it was six issues. It was actually six issues. Right, right. Yeah, Empire, well, they scaled back the tie-ins, of course, so it's also. not nearly as ridiculous as it could have been and was going to be and um, x of swords was purposely long they're like no 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 it's gonna be 22 issues that's by design yeah but at least they you know they promised it was gonna like they didn't bullshit you you know it wasn't no, like didn't. here's an event and then you find out like every event up until like 2012 has been had been here's an event good luck mm -hmm. uh there's no real roadmap no um, but now it's kind of like the this is the checklist this is what you're gonna want um and of course they they don't want to shoot themselves in the foot and say like well these are the dispensable ones and these are the indispensable ones um so yeah i i i don't care for events and tie-ins in terms of them being oversaturated or there being too many of them um but you know i i like the arc you know um and the the arc which is to say a story arc that encompasses let's say six to eight issues um or four uh is just a story that takes place within the pages of the book you're reading yeah. and they're just as easily trade paperbackable ladies sure. and gentlemen so you know but i feel the same way um somebody asked uh about how influential uh clerks was in my early years i'll answer that after joel answers the question would you send keith leave back to developmental 
Uh, no, because I think he's already proved he's great. He was already a double champion in developmental. What else is there left for him to do in NXT? Nothing at all. Now, I have heard some stories that the reason they're sending him back to the performance center is really just to like work out and train because you can't do that on the road and they're not doing house shows anymore. But yeah, Keith, Keith Lee is the future and McMahon better straighten up and fly right or else he's going to AEW. He's going to Jacksonville, damn it. <laughs> Uh, as far as the movie Clerks was in my early years, it was incredibly influential, uh, as it was with everybody who finds, discovers Clerks. Clerks is like a thing you find. It's like a time capsule um, mm. that is filled with like, it's like finding a magic lamp. Um, <laughs> but the genie is just false confidence and, uh, you know, like examples of possibility. Uh, you know, I... I discovered it. A friend of mine's older brother had it. Uh, my buddy showed it to me. I like, whereas my friend saw it as like a, Ooh, like look at this dangerous independent movie that like <laughs> says all these crazy words for me. It was like a religious awakening where I'm like, Oh, like I can say the things I'm thinking and mm -hmm. I can impart them through film. And yeah. like, I already was a film buff at the time. So like, that was one of those things where it was like, you can, it was, it was just a remote. It, it was, it, I would have probably pursued film regardless of clerks, but clerks is the one that was like, you should start now. It is um, this beautiful kind of, I can too. Right. I mean, if this guy can make a film, anyone can make a film. Yeah. But, and that's like really insulting. And I feel really bad. Cause like, <clears throat> especially in view of Kevin Smith's more recent works, mm. clerks is like really well made and yeah, like had something to say. And there's a oh. lot of, there's a lot of like, it it feels dated. Uh, it oh, feels yeah. like there's a couple moments where you're like, okay. Uh, but by and large, it's like this, it's this, you feel the urgency in the making of that movie. We're just like, we have to make this thing. Mm -hmm. I have it inside of me and it has to come out. Like that's really cool. And that, that, uh, that passion inspired me and, and, and got me passionate about like the arts and the things that I wanted to say and the stories I wanted to tell. And it's, it's um, enthusiasm yeah. is infectious is the thing. Like you can't walk away from that movie and be like, yo film, you know, anyone can tell their story and it can be raw and authentic and real and everything else. Right. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Gar mentioned, uh, has, has DC ever been this directionless or rife with inconsistencies, like incorrect names and costumes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they will be again. Cause comics are secular. Yeah. D DC has always been like that. As it turns out, um, there is a quote, which I will use in a later episode of back issues from George Perez which in which he describes the difference between Marvel and DC using vehicle analogies. Oh. Uh, he described Marvel as a tank. <laughs> you need to get out of their way <laughs> and DC as a taxi cab with no driver. Oh man. What, when did he say that? Cause that's really fucking applicable today too. 1991. Wow. So, shit. And and I was like, that's exactly as it is today. Like it's amazing, and yet sad and frustrating how you could say something about those two companies twenty five years ago, and it is they're exactly as it, it is. You couldn't think of a better analogy today than you did twenty five years ago to for, describe for today. all their departments too. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, but yeah, no, DC has consistently been directionless uh 
of course, DC has their strengths as well. Of course, like oh, yeah. one of the one of the big things that like DC does well is they make evergreen graphic novels. Like sure DC knows how to publish books. Um, I remember picking up. I won actually a copy, a first print edition of Dark Knight Returns in the trade paperback. Mm, and the story, yeah. It's a Warner Books book. Yeah. But pre Elseworlds, it was it was just called Warner Books because Warner Brothers is like, we're in books now. <laughs> so we publish books. Dark Knight Returns, when it's published as a trade, is a graphic novel. Let's put it in the book section. Um, Warner Brothers has always had a better grasp of the fact that they're a goddamn book publisher than Marvel. Yeah. Particularly when it comes to the people at the helm and the direction by which they publish their books. Marvel just, they put out a, they put out a, a, a trade paperback, they pulp it, they put out a new trade paper. Like they, they never make sure anything is on a shelf for long enough for you to actually like make the New York times bestseller list mm -hmm. or become essential reading. Also, of course, like, Marvel has very few that's an essential not like graphic novel for Marvel, you know, mm -hmm. like Marvels. Yeah, kind of. And then what? Like, what is an essential Spider-Man book you can pick up? Craven's Last Hunt. But even then, it's like, well, does this have any bearing on what's happening right now? No, oh, no. really? <laughs> oh, no. And it's a snapshot of this dude's life. Like, OK, Mary. Oh, who, marriage. Are they, are they married? What's going on? Who's who is Craven? You know, like there's there's not a lot of context. And maybe, yeah, that's true of a lot of their stuff where it's like, oh, well, this is a great Daredevil story, but it's a snapshot of his life under Bendis. Don't worry, his life will be ruined several more times in the next the two decades. People talk about, like, what do I recommend for, for, for Daredevil? And it's like, I do recommend Bendis, but, like, don't read Bendis first because you need to kind of know who Matt is before you see Bendis upend his life. If it's mm. just, if, if, if you're introduced to a character within the first two seconds of a movie and his life is falling apart, you kind of don't care. No, yeah. Um, that being said, if I were to, if I were Marvel and I wanted to DC it up, I'd publish an essential graphic novel of Born Again. Um, mm. Just, just make that like a like a, a gorgeous graphic novel you can get anywhere, and it's constantly in print. Yeah. Uh, Tanner O'Neill says, "Is Harbor Patrol coming back ever?" Yes. Uh, asterisk it's entirely dependent on creating the story, having uh, the cast back and, uh, and expanding said cast, or at the very least making it more relevant to the viewers tastes. Um, I had this like grandiose vision for Harbor Patrol. It was going to be this like mini series that we can't, that comes back every year mm -hmm. uh, or maybe every six months or so. And it was going to be this multi-part series kind of like uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. Nice. We had, I, I rented multiple cameras to get like real coverage. Um, and we had a great opening salvo and then it just died like to a, like one issue or one episode later. And so, that's not how people absorb D and D content. They don't want to watch multiple episodes. So it's one episode. Okay. The whole thing at when one shot. Okay. And they more or less want to watch it live. Okay. So there's a lot of like lessons that were learned from the first episode um, or the first campaign. I've since recompiled the whole show into one episode. That's the only one available now. Um, so you can watch the whole thing in one shot. But uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot. I would like to do it again more consistently i want to continue the high production value of what we did before because like a really nice looking show thank you i think it sets us apart from other from other D, &D shows or D, &D adjacent right. shows um 
and uh, and I'd like to do more. Uh, I, I don't know if we'd set it in the DC universe anymore, not because of uh, fear of legal reasons. We've never had any pushback or any issues. Um, we did have friends at DC when we were developing Parver Patrol, and they were interested in like doing something with it. Mm. But uh, they they have since left the company, and no. uh, I, I don't think that my I'm not concerned about like losing our shield, so to speak. It's more like I'd rather own it. You know, like I'd rather keep it, you know, and then, yeah, and then, yeah. and then market it. <laughs> like I would love to have Harbor Patrol characters and have those characters be available, like for you to purchase and for me I mean, to yeah. have on my desk. I, I've seen some of the amazing uh, fan art. Uh, oh, his name escapes me right now on Twitter. I follow you. You follow me to something or other who did the cover artwork for it. And it was freaking amazing. Yeah. In fact, I'm probably going to get him to do uh, my follow-up to Capes and Quest that I'm working on right now, which is still happening on Twitch, everyone. I haven't uploaded it on YouTube since forever, but we did a special Christmas one-shot, and that will be going up Christmassy. That was a lot of fun. It's two hours, and we actually finished the whole thing, which feels really good when you do it in one go. Yeah, oh, I'll bet. Uh, so, yeah, that's my answer to that question. Um I like uh, Mustache. It says, uh, my question is, we are currently living in a, it wasn't that bad renaissance, which blows my mind. <laughs> what movie or series is the rena in this renaissance has surprised you the most? Um, uh, I guess Spider-Man. Uh, I've learned. Yeah. Amazing like, Spider-Man particularly. Oh, I didn't even know. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody really likes those movies like to the, the degree that they like the, the, the Raimi movies. The Raimi movies went from, I, I remember those Raimi movies coming out and people being like, Oh, it was so good. They're really dumb, though. And uh, and then getting older and being like, man, Peter Parker's really toxic. <laughs> and, and then, uh, like, in these movies. And then uh, finding out that, like, children were raised on them. Oh, yeah. And, like, unironically like that. Like, there, it's, it's one thing to meet an Evil Dead fan, right? Who's right. like, I love Evil Dead! And, like, you know and they know that, like, they're really dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, like that Ash isn't really a hero and that like the the reason to watch it is because it's like torture porn. Mm. You know, it's like, watch this innocent man get the shit kicked out of him for <laughs> 90 minutes. Ha 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 ha. And like, look at how these look at how it like enthusiastically they use these cheesy ass effects. Right. Like Raimi really thinks he's making a good movie right now. And we're all kind of on board. You know, it's like that's what it's like to watch the Evil Dead franchise. Right. But like then you find out people like them unironically or at the very least they like them because they think that the effects are really good and they think yeah. that the acting is really like compelling. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that 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 existed. And it's the same thing for Spider-Man where I'm like, yeah, like I loved them I, as a Spider-Man fan who was told for years that we were never going to get any Spider-Man mm -hmm. movies. I was all in on Spider-Man one. I'm like, yeah, Spider-Man two, even better until I like got older and started thinking about all the ways that Peter Parker is a monster to Mary Jane in that movie. Yeah. And, and, and then I'm like, and, and of course, like how generic it all is, like how it's like, it's like a, it, it's like a myth and that's kind of cute. You yeah. Know? Like I, I always go back to the Rosie Octavia scene where like they have like Octavius isn't a character, you know, like he is a template that is what Peter wants to be. Look, mm -hmm. he has the science. He has the girlfriend. They say so much in the making of. Yeah. And like, you can see that on screen to the point where like Rosie said, like they Peter's apartment must cost. $2,000 a month, if not more. 
when he gets $20, the rent guy takes the $20 like that's going to satiate him for any length of time. $20. Oh, a bitch. Like, like there's a lot of like things about that where I'm like, no. And, but Rosie saying like, I met him on the college steps. What college was that Rosie? <laughs> well, I was explaining T.S. Eliot and she was trying to explain the theory of relativity. Two of the most generic examples of science and literature. And like, what do you mean? Like, were you, like, were you both doing it at the same time? <laughs> like it was some kind of like half-ass debate session. <laughs> Were you trying to explain it to each other? What's the relevancy between those two things? No, like it's just she liked literature, I liked science. We're a wacky couple. Like it's the when you think about it for too long, it just makes my head hurt. Yeah, but I appreciate it. The you things know, sweet. The things I appreciate about those movies, and I don't think it gets ever said that much, is that I like that Raimi basically ignored the last 30 years of development in Spider Comics and was like, no, no, we're going back to the weird 60s. We're doing that again is what we're doing. No no symbiotes, no clones, no other bullshit developments. We're just going back and doing the thing. Well, that's all anybody wanted, and that's yeah. all you, that's that's what you needed to do. If you wanted to make a Spider-Man movie, you had to go like, no. the Literally, we're going to take the Ditko era. Mm. But we're going to replace Gwen with Mary Jane because it's less complicated. Yeah. And if you read any Spider-Man script pre that, it's all Mary Jane because nobody wants to do the Gwen thing. They want the iconography of the bridge and the girl in distress and Goblin, but they don't want to do the complicated mess of Gwen dying until they did. <laughs> and guess guess what? It was a complicated mess. And they were going to bring her back with clones. So in the movie... Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, that's the one that surprised me the most. I was like, people love these movies. Like they, they think that Toby's really good at this. Like they think that these movies aren't silly. That's weird. Like that's surprising. I appreciate them for the silliness. I, I, yeah. Well, now that we have like 16 different versions of Spider-Man across True the media, enough. Like, you know, there's a Spider-Man for everybody. True um, enough. But yeah. Uh, Drew Torres says throwing T'Challa in the trash is disrespectful. I think it'd be more disrespectful to Recast replace him. him with an actor and have that actor try to fill his shoes and act like the character. Like, is he going to do the same voice? Is he, it, it just seems more disrespectful to try and like approximate that person. And it's like, yeah, did they do it with a number of other characters? Did they literally do it with, with, with Cassie Lang like already? Yes. Uh, but it's, it's a little more complicated when you deal with, the the cultural significance of Black Panther. Thank you. And a character that was already iconic under Chadwick Boseman. That's unfair to someone else to come in and be like, okay, be just as iconic and be just as meaningful to all these people who saw themselves represented on screen for the first time. Go. Yeah. And, and, and like, is it, will it be accepted? Will they constantly feel inferior? Will they be hurled like with insults about it? I mean, like, it's just, it's just less complicated to move on. Yeah. As uh, hard as that is. And we don't want to move on. Cause it's sad that it happened. Cause Bozeman shouldn't have died. So young, a talent like that should have been able to stay with us and keep doing those things. A constant reminder that life is fucking unfair. Right. And I, I, I appreciate your opinion, but I just, but I disagree. Ali Alziati says, I've wanted you to know, I wanted to know what is the movie, the move the car of George movement. What is the move the car George moment? And what does it mean? Also, do you guys like the show Dexter? I've seen some episodes of Dexter. I could, I could take it or leave it. I was waiting for it to be over. And then everyone got really fucking disappointed by the ending of it. I'm like, okay, I guess I don't have to watch it then. Yeah. Same with game of Thrones. I was like, I don't want to get into this. Oh, the last season sucks. 
I'm good. I watched all of Game of Thrones, and perhaps one of my favorite things about Game of Thrones is how just like a year later, completely disappeared from the zeitgeist. People stopped dressing up for it in cons. People stopped talking about it. Completely gone. Are people even holding out for the last book? Because he didn't write the last book. That's still a thing. No. I don't even think that's supposed to be the last book. I think it was supposed to be the second to last book. So it's like, yeah, you're never going to get that. Um, That's fine, I guess. I mean, ultimately... Who cares? <laughs> the ride was fun enough until it was over. And Lords know I have enough uh, Game of Thrones merch that was given to me over the years. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, Move the Car, George, it's an old reference. If you ever watch uh, our episode Spider-Man Clone Genesis by Jerry Conway, um, there is a sequence in the original Clone Saga in which for a full page, uh, the Jackal has hijacked a bus. He is driving recklessly. There is a couple in a VW bug, uh, presumably named George and someone else. Uh, The wife badgers George into moving the car. She keeps saying, move the car, George. And he says, I can't. The car won't start. And she says, move the car, George. He says, I told you the car won't start. And she says, move the car, George. And then the bus hits the car. It flips over. It spins a 360. And then they they are left in the car, unhurt upside down and the wife says i told you to move the car george (laughs) it is it is so stupid and such a complete waste of page real estate and it was clearly just like we ran out of we i don't have enough book for this issue or i got this hilarious sequence you're gonna love it uh but either way for me that was our way of articulating a sequence in a comic book wherein for no good reason whatsoever characters appear who were not referenced before will never be after who occupy the entire focus of the issue and it is a complete non sequitur <laughs> like and maybe for the purposes of humor or something like there is a sequence in a jms spider-man book where like a detective or something or no uh i don't remember just they do the same thing and like some more self-indulgent writers do that where they're like i'm such a quip machine i'm so funny watch me invent this character and dedicate an entire page to this character and then never bring them up ever again um but yeah that's who that's what move the car george is it's all about like referencing a character who's never existed and they just be hi i'm the main character for this page and then they go away someone in the chat saying they always thought the move the car george moment was a reference to seinfeld where george was fighting for his parking spot his pretzels are making me thirsty (laughs) no uh (laughs) no um although that's funny um but yeah somebody actually made an urban dictionary post regarding move the car i saw that Uh, let me read it uh this phrase this phrase can be related to comics tvs movies or any story where the perspective shifts completely for a few moments to a a superfluous character being interjected into the middle of the story and having literally no significance nor being nor bring any intrinsic value to the plot whatsoever the said character or event pertaining to them will never come up again That's a pretty good definition. It's freaking amazing. Thank you. Another click upvote for you. And I'm going to post it in the chat right now. Here you guys. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, move the car. Uh, Rusky 910, do you think WandaVision will bring in speed wick, uh, or we can have Hulkling with Secret Invasion? Also, who is making the creative decisions for Spider-Man 3? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, right? 
I, I don't know. It feels like anything could happen in WandaVision right now because it feels like this really is an outside-the-box, big-brain concept they're playing with, and they're already bringing in Spectrum, and as we've seen, they're bringing in lots of characters and a lot of these other new shows and projects. So, yeah, maybe Hulkling and Wiccan are the post-credit, or maybe Mephisto is the post-credit. I've heard a lot of theory going around there that uh, Mephisto might actually be the secret villain for this. Hmm. Uh yeah, and I don't know who makes the creative decisions for Spider-Man 3. I assume, like, I assume that Marvel Studios decided what happens in the movie. Sony funded it, and Marvel produced it. But, like, I feel like now, after the new negotiation, it's 50-50. Yeah, it also feels like Sony got way more notes in on this one, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't think that Marvel Studios would want to put Andrew Garfield in their movie. No, or even Tobey Maguire now, given that we haven't seen him in a lot of things recently, and apparently he's a bit of a jerk ass in real life. Yeah, he's a dickhead, from what I understand. I've known people who met him, and uh, I've seen him in action. Uh, Speed Vescu says, you get to write one scene between all three Spider-Mans in the upcoming movie. What that? What's that scene like? I don't want to do that scene. I don't yeah. care. I find multiple Spider-Man superfluous and frustrating. Oh, I know you hate it. I just uh, hate it. So I'll defer. Go ahead. I have a pitch. They all whip out their wrists and uh, they all have their web shooters, except for uh, Tobey Maguire. It's like, uh, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I hope there's a moment where he's like, ew. Yeah. Ooh, you shoot that out of your body. Ooh. What do you do? How do you make them? <laughs> my, my body makes them. Oh, well, we just we just built ours because we're smart science guys. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a photographer. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. In Andrew Garfield's case, I stole mine. I stole mine. <laughs> and it can't be traced back to me somehow. Somehow, some way. And Tom Hall. Oh, I built mine because I'm a smart science guy who likes science. Yep. <laughs> and then a smarter science guy improved them, I guess. <laughs> eh, fair enough. Uh, Jake Fitch, glad to see you guys live. Merry Christmas. You too, Jake. Thanks a lot. And thanks for your support, man. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, Therio, God of Rage, how do you two... How do you do? How do you two and Sal, if you know Tiffany's thoughts, feel about Donny Cates' Thor and Duggan's Savage Avengers? Tiffany read some of Duggan's Savage Avengers and just fell off, not because she didn't like it, but more just because like she reads a lot of stuff and has a lot of like responsibilities. But it was the first book to fall off. Um, but she does dig Duggan's work. Um, I don't read either of them. Um, and, uh, and Tiffany appreciates Donny Cates' Thor, but really enjoyed, uh, Aaron's Thor, like the, the King Thor stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I thought that first arc of Cates' Thor was a bit of a slog with Galactus and the Black Winter and everything. But now that I actually see where the story is going and Kate's is like, no, 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 it's all connected to my whole Thanos wins end of the world thing. And, you know, Thor is a mad king trying to stop the apocalypse. And, oh, shit, Donald Blake's back. And he's the most dangerous villain Thor has ever seen so far because he knows everything he knows. And he has the power of the world serpent. And he's going to kill all his friends and they won't see it coming. I'm like, all right, this is pretty fucking dope, actually. Yeah. All right, you won me back. You won me back. <laughs> Uh, Brenna Musha, who puts out better books this year uh, and why, Marvel or DC? Uh, boom. <laughs> for me, uh, I don't read a lot of indie. Maybe it is boom for all I freaking know, but uh, I've certainly read more Marvel comics per capita than I have DC books this year because the worst thing you can say about DC this year is that they were easy to ignore. You didn't have to read a lot of them if you didn't want to and you missed 
absolutely nothing. And a lot of books I was reading out of commitment. Yep. I uh, I mean, I like Daredevil more than anything DC's putting out. So I guess maybe technically Marvel, but uh, I, you know, it, it's it's six and one. You know what I mean? Like Daredevil Joker was a better Joker's Joker three Jokers best looking book of the year. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, Boom published stuff like We Only Find Them When They're Dead, Something's Killing Children, uh, Once in Future. These are amazing series that um, were consistently good and mm. you should check it out. And as we mentioned in the Omniverse episode too, the best stuff, the stuff I liked the most from DC, the stuff that's on everyone's end of the year list is all stuff that happened out of continuity. Dead Earth, Deceased, White Knight Harley, uh, yeah, Three Jokers, as we mentioned before. All, yeah. all not in the main universe. Nope, that's true. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. All completely uh, standalone. A lot of people pissing their pants about me insulting the guy who interviews from the hot ones. Uh, I couldn't care less. Uh, somebody mentioned that he's like better than most journalists. You should watch more news. <laughs> I I respect the fact that the dude started on YouTube and now he has a show and a whole empire unto himself. That's pretty fucking cool. That's I, yeah, that's I'm American not American dream right there. Right. I'm not clowning on the guy. I'm just saying he's a lousy interviewer. That's all like he he asks great questions and he does it terribly. That's all. And and they do a lot of research there too. The whole explain that Graham is a good segment. Yeah, those are yeah. The show is structured well. His questions are phenomenal. Uh, the concept gets old real fast, and he can't ask questions well. I, I will admit I don't watch it as much anymore. It's funny. It's one of those things where uh, <laughs> it's almost like, man, I like this when this was underground and no one knew about it. Now it's the biggest thing. And now you got movie stars coming on to promote, uh, promote their newest thing. Right. No, uh, I mean, I don't even know. I, I, I never watched it like regularly. You know, I, I, I did somebody, somebody I know would be like, Hey, check this out. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I, I I was there in the beginning. I was there when DJ Khalid couldn't finish his wing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joshua Mayhead just stopped by to say hi. You guys are great, and I hope all is well. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you very much for your support. That's a uh, it's a really really generous contribution to the to the fund. We really appreciate it, man. Hope you're having a great year. Hopefully next year's even better. Um, oh, we got to catch back up because uh, it, it it repopulates. So you know how it is. You know how we do. Um, I'm happy to see a lot of these questions have kind of gone back to uh, to comics, uh, which is interesting. It looks like it kind of like shot back. So I think I lost a bunch of them. We'll see. Um, Justin Guy with a Mustache. Besides, you should watch MHA. Uh, what are you tired of seeing, hearing from your anime? It's the dead kids, isn't it? Lots of dead kids and good anime. <laughs> I don't watch anime. I don't watch near as much as I used to. I used to be right into it. And as I've stated before, there was just a point in my life where it's like, okay, I don't have the time or money to dedicate to anime, which you really need to do to stay up with it and stay involved. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to fully devote myself to North American comic books now, both <laughs> as a personal thing and as a creative professional thing. I did watch most of the first season of My Hero Academia. That's the big superhero anime everyone loves and as everyone is trying to get us to watch. Yep. It is cool. There's a lot of very good ideas about it. 
I still need to watch like the last three episodes because it's all like episode based arcs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know I, people are into it and there's good ideas. But again, I just I just don't have the time. <laughs> that's that's a completely valid uh, reason not to be able to watch it. If, if I could have my own hyperbolic time chamber, I would catch up on all the books I needed to. I would work out. I would eat right now. I would watch oh, my yeah. Hero Academia. Maybe maybe if I go to jail for a couple of years and I have <laughs> nothing else to do, I'll catch up on anime. I'll be that guy in cell block D watching anime. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, Alex Calderon. I just jump in. I want to jump into current comics, but I don't know where. Um, if you want to read month to month, again, uh, start with uh, Daredevil number one and go all the way up to 25. Um, I would check out We Only Find Them When They're Dead, Once mm-hmm. in Future, Something's Killing the Children. These are all monthly series. The last three will end. Uh, Also, once in future, you can pick up the first two volumes in trade without wasting time. Um, As far as uh, DC goes, Future State is starting. And then after that, we got all these new writers starting in January. So now is actually probably a great time to try and hop on with DC and see if you like it and see what's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, You know what I would say? Uh, You should go back and read the Hellblazer series from Cy Spurrier. Uh, then you'll be sad it's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my answer whenever I'm asked this question, and I'm sure you're asked it a lot too, is like, you know, comics seem intimidating at first reading, you know, week to week, month to month, but really just pick up something that looks good and hop into it. And if you're confused, don't worry, because there's channels like Comic Pop and Cape Joel out there that exist for the sole purpose of cataloging and explaining this shit to you. And comic book lore in general is one of the most fastidiously kept together things on all of the Internet. Not only that, but like, here's another thing. If you're like worried you missed something or you're interested in jumping on the bandwagon, um, and you want to get into physicals, go to your local comic book store and ask them for your, for their back issue section. All of Empire was in a dollar bin at my local comic shop. Uh, a ton of DC books were in the dollar bin. Like, and even if you, you can't get them for a dollar, you can get them for probably less than cover price. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. So you, there's there are ways of doing that. Uh, of course, if you have no local comic book store, you could also just buy digitally or you could order them through a comic book store chain um uh, not even a chain but a comic book shop will also mail them to you depending on how much your order is i used to love bookdepository.uk that was my favorite place to get trades forever you got them at a cut price rate didn't have to pay anything for shipping and handling and they accepted paypal they don't do that anymore now which breaks my heart And, and now i guess i like get them other places but honestly i don't even get as many physical copies anymore i kind of stopped getting trades at that point i'm like i'll just read them digitally week to week and then i'll just you know pick up other stuff during a sale like dead earth i still got to get dead earth and read that because everyone's singing its praises and i truly feel like i missed out on something great this year it's only four issues it's great dead earth is also terrific pick that up Uh, it's in hardcover right now um Hari Krishnan uh, Gopakumar says, no winter beards, guys. Love the show. Thank you very much, Hari Krishnan. Um, no, I I, uh, I I don't want a beard. I, I have this. Uh, I grow one sometimes, but it's too much. You know, and I, it gets caught in things, and I, I'm, I don't want to deal with it. I, I tried. I really did try this year that I did want a winter beard, but the same thing always happens to me. I'll get about this length. And then right around here, it'll be all patchy and itchy and I'll look really shitty. And I'm like, well, I got to be on camera 
two, three times a week. I don't want to look like shit. Okay, shave it off, make it look more uniform and anything. I also found out this style right here I have. This is called the Whaler, apparently. This is a Whaler style <laughs> beer. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, I can see like a Captain Ahab looking dude with one of these. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, I, I grew a big beard once and I, I don't I don't really need it. Didn't it didn't improve my life any. Uh, Rusky says, uh, do you think Immortal Hulk is destined for the MCU at some point? I think you'll see references to it like everything, you know, like anything that's popular, you know, probably the next Hulk movie will be called the Immortal Hulk uh, just because and it'll have nothing to do with the book. <laughs> You know what's really surprising about Immortal Hulk, and I thought about this more and more as it nears like its 50th issue and its big conclusion. For, uh, you know, even though, you know, you ingeniously moved around a bunch of concepts and, you know, expanded on some ideas, he didn't like create anything that new. He didn't like, oh, here's my new villain, Gore the God Butcher. Like, here's my new thing. No, here's all stuff that existed in Hulk before and existed in Marvel before. I just presented it to you in a new, interesting way. Which is also one of the reasons that book is so fucking cool. Let me take an old character like the leader and let me make him a Lovecraftian abomination that will scare the shit out of you. Agreed. Yeah. No, that's that's something I have an inordinate amount of respect for. Totally. Uh, Taylor Petcher, I find it interesting that DC has kept the new Superman creative team so close to the chest. My guess is they wanted Bendis' run to end before they announce it. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who takes over. Uh... I have no love for the Bendis uh, Superman era. No. Yeah. Uh, Chase Wellings, where do you think the alien show will fit in the timeline? Given Noah Hawley slash Disney mentioned, it would not be too far in the future. Oh yeah. Probably probably during the Prometheus era. I I have no interest in uh, an alien series. That's going to be on earth at all, at all too many times. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's too much. Like, I don't like the Prometheus movies. Covenant was worse somehow. (laughs) And I don't have any interest in seeing aliens on Earth. End of story. Uh, I don't care if I, you know, people are going to be like, you're an idiot because Noah Hawley is the person I jerk off to all the time. And it's like, <laughs> good for you. I understand he's a good artist. I recognize yeah. his, his, uh, his craft. Uh, you know, Legion is a great show. I'm not interested in the conceit of the show. It doesn't matter if Jesus Christ came down from heaven and made a show. I don't want to watch it. I'll give it a shot. Uh, Kevin Kruger, would you want to watch a Sergeant Rock movie? That'd be cool. Why not? I would. Is there a, is there a place for a Sergeant Rock movie nowadays? Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, like, if they could do Captain America is kind of that, like, you know, bright, colorful send up to like, you know, World War II serials and everything. I think you could do the same thing with Sergeant Rock. In fact, make it an even bigger movie. So like Sergeant Rock meets Gravedigger and meets the Blackhawks and meets all these other like World War II adjacent characters. Right, right. The War Wheels, get the War Wheels in there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, young Goku over 9,000 says, hey guys, random, but I just got a software engineering position since I'm losing nice. my job in May. Uh, back to the big leagues. Do y'all think the champions are going to interact with X-Men after this last champions? Uh, first uh, of all, congratulations. Yeah, big ups. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, as far as uh, champions interact with X-Men, probably, but only in champions. Hickman probably has no interest in doing anything with champions, particularly lately, like with Dan Slott being like, I'm going to do whatever I want with Franklin Richards. It's my character, lol. Mm-hmm. And Hickman being like, cool, I was going to do something with that character, but okay. Um, I'm sure Hickman's like, I don't want to do any more 
interaction with any more goddamn people. No more crossovers. Leave me alone. I did love the end of that last champion issue, though. Where they're yeah. like, oh, we're on the run. The government's after us. Who's going to save us? Freaking Cyclops comes in once a champion, always a champion. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. They remember that his memory's fused and he actually does remember everything that happened when he was young. Yeah. And time traveling. That's so fucking dope. And yeah, champions, refugees of Krakoa. What if they started running their operation out of Krakoa? They just give them like their own little peninsula. Yeah, it's Champions Island close to Krakoa, you know. You, you can stay on Arako or whatever. Just watch yeah. out for those crazy those crazy monsters. <laughs> watch out for, uh, what is it, those guys who steal DNA? <laughs> yeah, watch out for Sinister. You could do that. Uh, Radical Radish. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Andrew Sweet just got COVID. Ugh, I'm sorry, Ugh. man. I hope, your, I hope your symptoms are mild and your recovery is quick. Totally, uh, totally. I'm watching old back issues to help, uh, so I want to give back for having great content to help me through this stressful time. Uh, thank you very much, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Um, just watching is 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 enough. We really, really appreciate you doing it, man. Um, but yeah, stay well, um, or at least be as well as you can, and uh, don't take any unnecessary risks, mm. and uh, hopefully your recovery is quick. Um, Radical Radish, uh, in my opinion, 2020 has been a good year for comic pop content-wise. <laughs> has the channel growth reflected that on your end, or am I just being a blind fan? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, we would not have gotten as much access to some notable creators were it not mm. for their uh, open schedules as a result of the year. So on that, we have a feather in our cap. On the other, um, we did see an uptick a little bit but we've had we've had dips and dives it's not it has not been an unprecedented year we've had better years before um we do have growth like we're getting more subscribers than we're losing we the views aren't nearly as big as they had been five years ago of course like as you imagine actually three years ago i think 20 2015 to 2018 higher views um just because of the nature of youtube's algorithm and and all that yeah, no um, new comic book movies too i'm sure also affected and, it in its own way yeah no back-end support um but we do appreciate it uh and and i appreciate that like we have gotten new audience members as a result of hopefully our expansion uh mm. into other avenues and 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 thanks to our interaction with some of the more like higher profile comic book creatives uh yeah. and so that's been awesome uh it's been it has it has not been a chore it has not been uh, in any way a job it has been nothing but pleasant and 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 wonderful but this year wasn't any more pleasurable than previous years it's just kind of like you know we we it was a little different that's mm -hmm. all like, like every year it's a little different something else happened uh so yeah uh, but thank you man uh, i appreciate it radical radish uh, mustache, uh, I answered your question already. Uh, Kill a T storm. So Zack Snyder's getting all excited about a Batman dropping an F bomb. Is he like a 13 year old in a Krang bodysuit or am I missing something? Yes. Love yes. You guys. And he always has been. And I think that's so true. And I, I stand by what I said on Twitter. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm glad, you know, Snyder with all this extra money and extra time he's been given is really addressing the biggest problems that that justice league movie had. It wasn't <laughs> four hours and people didn't say fuck enough. I'm glad he's, you know, addressing these problems as only he can. That's and what right. he saw to be the true problems in his artistic vision. Yeah. Um, Zack Snyder makes Zack Snyder movies. Sure I'm, does. I'm, you know, I'm not surprised by anything he says anymore or anything he's doing with this movie that isn't a movie that's going to digital. Mm. Hopefully, it will, hopefully it will be everything that you want and more. Uh, 
clear out four hours. I, I read an interesting thing too on the subject yeah. of Batman swearing, and that is, you know, Batman swearing doesn't make much character sense when you figure that so much of Batman's journey is about training and self-mastery and self-control and everything else and really is not dropping an F-bomb, the ultimate, like, oh, I lost control or I was never in control to begin with. Depending. I mean, like Batman, a stoic character like Batman saying it is kind of like extreme. He is fighting like alien bug monsters the thing he wants is for us to talk about it, which I don't, you know what I mean? Like Zack Snyder's like, I'm making Batman to the F word. I'm leaking it now so that it doesn't get lost in the ocean of other conversations that will erupt. Thanks to the movie slash series coming out. Mm, the timing uh, was a little convenient. Was it not? Let's get, let's get like, let's keep the buzz up. I've noticed uh, I haven't seen any hashtags about my Snyder cut in a while. Let's, let's drop something controversial about that. And it's like, I'm not going to play your game, man. Uh, Kevin Myers, in my opinion, reboot MCU Netflix continuity, but keep the actors. Um, yeah, all but one I'd be fine with. Yeah, and we all know the one. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis oh, Cox. Uh, also, okay. it's basically happening anyway, too. I mean, there's yeah. talk that Daredevil will also be one of the million people in Spider-Man 3. There's talk that he might show up in She-Hulk even. And I mean, if Charlie Cox is back, it's only a matter of time before we see uh, the other ones. I hope... The only thing I've always wanted is 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 Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Mm -hmm. I'm in that. Uh, you know, Charlie Cox is a great Daredevil. I would love to see him return. Everyone from Daredevil, I'm fine with coming back. Um, and I like, my, I like my Jess. Yeah, I want Luke Cage. I want Jessica Jones. I want Punisher. Um, and we'll see. You know, I doubt we'll see all of it. The fact that they cast Cassie Lang between two movies like means they don't care. So whatever. Hey man, uh, growing up is hard. Girls mature faster than boys. Colors and faces, face structures. Yeah, they're totally different people. A couple years from now, uh, Lewis Cox amalgamate Thanos, Darkseid, and Apocalypse together to form Dark Thanoside. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Art and Chitwood. Hey guys, no question for me to get, but a suggestion from next Halloween's back issues. Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein Alive, Alive, the last comic he did before passing, with mention, of course, to his original art. Um, we're not gonna do that. I'm sorry. I love Bernie Wrightson. I love his art. Uh, that's not the way we can honor Bernie Wrightson's legacy. Um, if we were more successful and we were able to like, just make random fun stuff, uh, I would love to do just like a deep dive, but like, I'm sure Chris or Matt Draper will make a video about it and they'll spend more time <laughs> than we would. Uh, Lucha Dandy. If you were to explain 2020 as a comic book event, what would you call it? Uh, Annihilation. Yeah, that's pretty fucking executioner song. Right? Yeah, executioner song. I like that. That's better. Uh, Heroing 2.0. Do you guys think that most Spider-Man fans want the marriage back, or am I just in the minority? Hope you with hoping you both have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too, oh, Heroing. You. Uh, as far as that goes, um, I, I wouldn't. I, I have no idea. I would like to think that uh more people want the marriage back but there was a book that had it in there and it was canceled mm -hmm. due to low sales so no sometimes but, the loudest most vocal contingent is not always reflective yeah and and i've seen like you know i'm dr like more people like the prequels than don't now more people like the raimi trilogy than homecoming now more people think Hayden Christensen is a good actor <laughs> now. More people probably like Prometheus than they like Alien now. So 
I live in a fucked up upside down topsy turvy <laughs> reality, so I'm sure that more people prefer uh, a, a single Spider-Man without any interesting stories because you know damn well that any of the people who are enjoying Spider-Man now complained about a marriage but never read any of the stories where he was single in the first place, of which there are hundreds. Uh, so I think a lot of people are indifferent. I think a lot of people just read Spider-Man and don't care one way or another. But I think people who are passionate do care about the marriage. Right. That's the thing is, it's probably more like they care or don't. I want it or I don't care. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 have, I have given up expecting it. <laughs> um, Luke S681, I agree that seeing multiple Peter Parkers is dumb, but I think seeing how different personalities like Miles and Gwen use those powers is really cool. Um, yeah, I think it works in like the animated movie. I think it works in the comics. Um, I'd rather see Miles interact with Spider-Gwen than I'd see Peter interact with Spider-Gwen. Yeah, um, agreed. It's that kind of thing. Um, Spider-Man himself is here. He says, uh, I feel like Marvel should just have Ben Riley marry a redhead in Vegas so they're opposed to Peter and Mary Jane getting married. <laughs> then Ben can retire. <laughs> That'd be funny, actually. I'd be totally for it. Make that like a six-issue miniseries. Make a big deal. Like, we're marrying Spider-Man. We're marrying yeah, we're marrying the clone, actually. Yeah, I feel like... I, th I know Ben had a girlfriend who was like a redhead and she like accidentally killed somebody. I think she might be in jail. Her sentence is probably up by now, so maybe she can come back. Vegas wedding, love after lockup. You could call it that ben riley love after lockup there you go uh nick smith what do you think of harleen sorry if i'm being a persistent jerk about this but i'm really curious what you think uh it's a beautiful looking book cedric uh did an amazing job with the art on that series uh interesting stuff uh i loved the printing and the art the writing was fine i thought it was really i thought it was good uh but i'll have to read it again i was more like 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 tiffany who really enjoyed the series uh she was hoping it was going to harbinge a Isley series, um, which would have been, I think, more visually stunning. I um, kept meaning to read it, but it just came out in that terrible time frame where it felt like everything coming out from DC was a new Harley book or a new Bat Joker themed black label. And so it just kind of fell through the cracks for me. I'm like, maybe I'll pick this up. Yeah, it's definitely good looking. Right. Uh, somebody asked us what our thoughts on the King and Black event were. Uh I think it looks cool. I picked up the first issue. What's funny is I didn't read any Venom leading up to it. And I not, I wasn't lost in any way. I read Absolute Carnage and then I read this and it's like, there is, there was no, there was nothing. Like, there, I didn't need any context at all. I, 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 I promise there actually was as someone who does read Venom week to week, but I will say, yeah, Kate's does an excellent job getting you up to speed on the emotional core and Eddie's thematic journey of becoming a father in that first issue and being like, hey, this is what the story is about, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, space monster coming to, you know, reap the earth and everything, but it's really about Eddie being a dad right. trying to make the world a better place. And in fact, even a Venom 31, which was the Venom tie into King in Black, yeah, is even more just getting you up to speed on shit if you didn't read Venom, which is why I actually didn't like that one. I'm like, Donnie, I read that. I know what's going <laughs> on. Why are you spending a whole issue with him falling and reminding me who Rex Strickland is and all this other stuff? I was there, man. <laughs> then I should probably pick that up. Yeah, it's good shit. Rusky says, can we stop making Doc Ock this fallen good guy? He's a prick. Embrace it. Also, M'Baku for Black Panther. Um, mm -mm. I think it was uh, Mr. Sunday who talked about like how we'll probably see like multiple Black Panthers in the Black Panther 2. 
like different people will have been or will like tr- it'll be like a whole like who will wield the shield who will mm. like battle for the cowl like a power situation game. yeah uh i don't know i i kind of hope they just pick one uh my my pick of course is for shuri just to have like an actual avengers team ready to go mm. uh, but like I tossed out and off the rack. I sincerely believe based on the response to the character and the actor that they'll go into the realm of the dead and resurrect Killmonger. Oh, that would be crazy, but also pretty fucking cool though. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's likely. uh, And so his becomes a story of redemption because he kind of was by the time he died, he was kind of on that path. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Uh, Girk Pectus, did you hear the theory that Thunderbolt Ross is going to create the Thunderbolts in MCU? Did you see Fat Man? Dumb, but good. Good Xmas movie specials. No, I didn't see it yet, but I'll have to watch it. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of Fat Man on Batman anymore or ba- or Fat Man Beyond. Um, no, he's talking about Fat Man, the Mel Gibson Christmas movie. Oh, no. <laughs> it, no, I did not see Fat Man. It, it looked like a meme. It looked like, hey, here's a trailer. We're going to come out with Mel Gibson as a disgruntled Santa Claus and Walton Goggins, an assassin played by a uh, paid by a spoiled rich kid to go and kill him. Like, OK, that's that's half a concept. But I don't know if that's good enough to make me want to watch a Mel Gibson movie in 2020. Right. Um, but I would be down for a Thunderbolts movie. That sounds fun. I mean, that's been the rumor and the theory forever that Thunderbolt Ross in the movie will create the Thunderbolts team. In fact, with Baron Zemo seemingly out of jail in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, my theory has been forever. Oh, well, Ross got him out. That's the point. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez, DC Future State looks awesome. I know it's a short-term change, but as far as long as we no longer have Tempest Fugonaut around or <laughs> keep it up, guys, I think we're going to see Tempest a lot longer than we're going to see uh, Perpetual. Perpetual. Those books are selling. Um, I know. But yeah, D- Future State looks interesting. And like most of them are going to be two to four issues. So like it's not much of a uh, investment, you know. And, and also catch the fever now on a lot of these books because the creative teams are continuing after January. So yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, just some guy with a mustache with Sinestro Core, Sinestro, Annihilation, Nova, Cook, Catwoman, Extremis, Iron Man, etc. What were your favorite times? Stop drilling, you hit oil was broken. Mm. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, those are all oh, really good examples. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Civil War, like, I don't really necessarily like the story, but, like, it did its job, and it set the Marvel Universe on an interesting direction, and doing another one was a horrible idea. Um, that was more like they they didn't exploit the concept, because then it, like, spun into the initiative and everything. Like, that was a really, like, that was a very successful execution, and I don't know if it can be rivaled. Um mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. As far Frac- as- Fractions Iron Man, I think, is probably the most I've ever enjoyed. A solo Iron Man book, and I don't think it's ever been as good after that. In fact, they literally took so much from that and made that first Iron Man movie with, like, direct quotes from Fractions Run. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, those are all great examples. You had Annihilation was my example. Because it's like, stop, stop annihilating Annihilation. Although Conquest was cool um jamie corso hey can i send you my hero novel maybe get a review uh you can send it but i will not review it uh it's just a policy we have we don't review self-published works uh because then otherwise how do we prioritize how do we determine what is you know worthy uh if you're asking me for help you need more help than you think uh (laughs) because you know i have my own self-published works and if i'm not if i'm not self-promoting myself on my channel i'm certainly not going to self-promote other people Um, also legal reasons too and everything yeah yeah 
it's more just like I I can't help you and it would only hurt me. Like the views would be very bad, you'd be embarrassed because the views are so bad. There's no point. Like and it wouldn't help you. We would not help you. And I, I'm saying that not just to you, Jamie, but also to everybody who wants to send me things because we've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of like emails over the last month of people being like, "I have this book. Please review it." And I'm like, "No." Um, I will say this though, Jamie. Here, here's here's some advice for everybody out there who has self-published work and they want to get their their name out there. My advice to you would be, first of all, uh, let's presuppose that it's good. Right, like let's presuppose that you edited it, you had editors take a look at it, you got it like to a pure perfect product, and you believe wholeheartedly in it because that's a whole nother episode. Um, what you must do is you make a list of all of the comic slash book blogs and reviewers out there mm. that you'd like to have it uh reviewed by, um, particularly in print because uh. For some reason, print is more respected, uh, yes. for, for, especially for literary works. So you're going to do better on that. Do not just post your shit on a subreddit mm. or on whatever. That is good advice. It will only be met with disdain, downvoting, and removal. Don't do that. Uh, write up a press release. Set up, like, look up press releases. Read them. Know the format. Copy it. Write your press release. Then when you are ready with your press release, with your copy, probably PDF, it's quicker and easier for them to get and read. Make sure it's readable. Make sure it's a PDF. So you got your, your press release and your sample copy. Then when you're ready to write your email to the list you've already made of bloggers and reviewers, make sure you have a custom email made for each of them. Yeah. I know you're sending a hundred of these a day, but, if you are sent, dear, dear, dear blogger, dear, whom it may concern. to whom may concern, dear sir or madam, it will go in the garbage. It'll be marked as spam. It's it's true. I get a lot of those too. And when I see, oh, well, this is clearly a chain. My eyes just glaze over and I stop reading. I just delete it. I just delete it. And it's like, it's, but I got one that was so wrong. It made me laugh and it made me tweet about it. <laughs> and it was dear Dan and Brian. I'm not Dan and Brian. And in the email, they're like, we love comic pop. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't love comic pop because you don't know, because there ain't no Dan and there ain't no Brian. <laughs> now, maybe you meant to send it. Maybe you sent the exact same email to Dan and Brian, but you really do like comic pop. I don't give a shit about that because <laughs> you just sent me a thing. You don't care enough to write my own fucking name. Wow. And that's the thing. You need to send a message that says, I read your stuff. I value your opinion. Yeah. That's how it works. And it's but. always nice when I get one of those. And same deal. I get a lot of submissions too. And likewise, I can't cover them for a lot of difference. But I like that people keep me in mind. I like that they think that I'm a bigger star and have more sway and more influence than I actually do. Right? And like, let me tell you something that I do every time someone sends me like their comic. I look at it. Yeah. And if it's if it's industry level quality, I'll typically respond, you know, but if it's not there, I, I can't afford to. Also too. And if we want to talk about the dirty part of doing dirty business on the internet there, Hey, if you really want some promotion, I'll give you a shout out for some money. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, like as easy oh, well, as that. Like it. Like it's a lot easier to be like, "Hey, you want to talk about my thing? Here's some money." Right. Like, again, like j- chop that up to marketing costs. Exactly. And and it, it, I will if it's like something that my audience would use. But if you have a self-published book and you want me to review it on my channel, paying me won't make it any better. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. It's just something I can't do. Um, but like I said. There are, there are, that's not what I do. That's not what this channel's for. And it, it's not something I can even promise. Mm. Like, even if I wanted to do it, there's no place for it here. Right. So my advice to you would be to find the people whose places it is for that. When I did a web comic and I had a comic book that I was trying to sell, I contacted all these different comic reviewing blogs. I reached out to each one specifically and personally. I got one response out of a hundred and they reviewed it. You know what I mean? Like, and it didn't do me anything anyway. Like, so, you know, you got to do your legwork. Um, this is Nathan Podcast Network. Is there anything Transformers you'd like to cover or did TF New Avengers sour you in Transformers? No, I, I I recognize the inherent value in the original Transformers brand, uh, the one where Megatron turned good. That's the kind of the story I'd like to do hmm. because like that would blow Ben and Ethan's minds. Like, oh, Megatron's an Autobot now. That's kind of dope. But I understand it's like volume 27 in a 160 volume series. There's so much Transformers. And I'm not going to read all that. Like the lore is almost impenetrable now. Like again, you know, my favorite Transformers thing was that Netflix show they did just Mm. recently where it's like, yo, here's Transformers in a, you know, context that anyone can get and anyone can understand. And here's some references and here's some background bots you might recognize. And isn't this cool? right dash lord uh hey guys hope you're doing great we are thank you very much uh yeah. while i'm a bit overwhelmed with all the marvel tv film news at least there'll be comics to tie in with their release agreed definitely and some uh, comics that don't always get the spotlight are probably going to get the spotlight now that's right uh tevia says uh how would you fix superman after bendis uh, i would just trust the next creator to do something interesting if they de-age john we know that they care or at the very least like they are aware of the problems people had with superman definitely it should have been gene lu and yang he's getting batman superman because he's not i don't think he's exclusive with dc and you got to be exclusive if you're gonna write one of the big three yeah or you, or you can write wonder woman if you're a freelancer because they don't care near as much they don't care about wonder woman but they should not tell you a lot yeah but they never have Someone uh, had an interesting pitch actually for what they thought Lou and Yang's Batman Superman would be. Wouldn't it be interesting if instead of being Clark and Bruce, it ended up being uh what is it, the Chinese Superman that oh, yeah. Lou and Yang created and Timothy Fox, the new Batman, in a team together? I'm like, that would actually be pretty fucking sick, actually. And I would totally read that. Yeah, that'd be neat. Because it would be different and new, and it wouldn't feel like there's a hundred of the same Batman Superman books out. Right. Uh, Chase Jensen, when do you think Tony Stark will get his money back? Probably in the next, uh, at the at the very least, when the next creative team takes over. I didn't even know he lost his money. Did Chris Cantwell take his money away? Not a lot of it. It's like Batman. I'm not as rich as I was. That's amazing that Iron Man and Batman are both more frugal now around the same time. I know. Armando Villarreal says, uh, y'all have been the best comics channel. Happy holidays. You too, oh. man. Thank you very much. Alex Cash, uh, thank you very much for your support. How do you feel about Indiana Jones 5? I wasn't excited until I heard James Mangold was attached at the very least because uh, maybe it will get a comic license out of Limbo. Interesting. I would love to see an Indiana Jones comic series again. Makes yeah. a lot of sense to do. Um, but... Uh, I have no interest in Indy 5. 
only because like he's too he's too freaking old is ford just, coming back for it is he attached yeah. to the project okay yeah. but it's just he's too old it's just i there's i the, he's too old and harrison ford has stopped acting yes he has he but here's the thing i bet he wants to do indy 5 kill me kill me like the star wars movies kill me so they won't ask me to do any more of these yeah. I just, I don't have any interest in watching Indiana Jones die. I have no interest in watching Harrison Ford say nuclear or act <laughs> like the way he does over the last 20 years. I, I, you know, let's just leave it alone. Only if they bring back his true son, Short Round. If Short Round were in it, they'd be a better, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a better direction. J- Jonathan Cho is adult Short Round. <laughs> uh, Felix Lancashire says, uh, hey, Sal and Joel, thanks for being awesome. Thank you for hey. being awesome. Have you read the new Batman black and white? And how do you feel it compares to previous volumes? I have not Joel. No, neither have I actually, I know there the Batman has a black and white and Wolverine has black, white and red right now. And I think I got the two confused. <laughs> well, Harley had black, white and red Wolverine has black, white and blood. Oh, that's right. It's blue. just black, white and red, but they, but Harley had that title already. So they're changing it to blood. It's blood. Uh, Lucha dandy question for Joel. Uh, if you could build a pro wrestling company in Marvel and DC, would you be scouting mm. former heroes and baddies as wrestlers? Love you both. Uh, well, I mean, obviously with building any wrestling company, you got to pick the guys who are established names to lead your company. So the thing and the Hulk who have been, you know, doing this thing before a wildcat, technically a prize fighter in his own right. So you get that kind of golden age connection there. He, he would be like, uh, what is it like Roy Jones Jr. Or Mike Tyson coming out of retirement now. And you're like, oh, he's old, but he can still throw bombs. Can't he? <laughs> That's what I would do. There you go. Uh, Cam, I'm glad Warner Brothers is giving more money to the guy who had Martha Kent ball gagged and tortured. Love that. More, please. <laughs> no one's driving the taxi cab. Why is no one driving the taxi cab? Why can anyone get in? I, I like that analogy, too, because it's like you have to pay to get in. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Kruger, Batman is just copying Robin with the F-bomb. I mean, <laughs> I would love it if like they just shoved that Robin into this movie and Why they both not? just like argue with each other using f-bombs fuck you bat no fuck you Robin. no fuck oh, yeah <laughs> that's a real conversation uh <laughs> it would make elmore leonard blush uh gavin scott uh, what is your ideal spider-man writer and artist duo i'm digging last remains and gleason's art is incredible keep mm. up the great work me too by the way that's another one uh if you want to check out spider-man last Re- last remains yeah just that five-part story like just start at part one and that's where to pick up spider-man though Skip it's a, everything else though perhaps it's a little worrisome if you've never read a spider-man comp before because oh, it's yeah. literally one of the most self-referential spider-man stories that i've ever read and also every issue reads in about five minutes yes it does it's incredibly br- what's up with that how some comics are 22 pages but feel shorter and some feel longer decompression uh gotta get six gotta get between four and six dollars from you that's true enough i only have one trade worth of story <laughs> and a, and a sub series too on top which i haven't been reading the sub series but i feel like i need to start because it's actually all dovetailing back together yeah i'm reading it it's pretty lame oh uh, is it is it just because more lun is in it and spider isle it was only in it for a second he was only in it for a second he didn't really do anything did they explain how he came back at least no but I he's thought just, he was, he was in, there and then he gets blown away by Sin Eater. That's it. I thought he was in the nuclear world that the web warrior sent him and his family to remember the nuclear world. <laughs> I mean, I do, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as ideal Spider-Man writers and artists, I mean, it's got to be Bendis and Bagley, right? Mm. 
That's for me. Solid. That's that's unbelievable. Like it's just and and such a solid like direction. Uh, I loved Ultimate Spider-Man. Jack O'Connell, uh, hi guys, hope you're well. We are, thank you very much. Yeah. I don't understand why people think the F word is special or something. In Ireland, the F word is basically like a filler word. I know. It is in my vocabulary too. For real, and I mean, over there in Ireland and everything, you guys have way more colorful four-letter words that you could not say here that would yeah. get you in, in England, trouble. the C word is very ubiquitous. and uh, Super popular. Not okay, you'd make a woman faint by saying yeah. the C word. You, you guys love the C word over there. You guys are saying it like it's going out of style, like someone's going to take it away from you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't get it. It's just dumb. Uh, for for a world where we are that we're living in where shit can be said on like network tv now it is like drop it yeah few uh, few words have any bite or any venom left in them anymore except for the c word but only in north america <laughs> exactly uh rob k when do you think we'll get a justice league movie instead of Zack snyder's justice league <laughs> 10 years yeah, that's usually the going right for. I mean, hey, you're probably going to get uh, a more accurate version of the Justice League uh, on television and on the CW yeah. now because they have a Superman now. Yes. And I'm assuming if that Superman show does good and the Batwoman show because they had to replace the actress halfway and if they just say, fuck it, let's just do a Batman show now. Right? Yeah. Like also, closer to that. Someone asked about the, the costume, the new costume that he has. Uh, I dug it. Yeah, looks nice. It looks very, uh, what is it, uh, early DC Rebirth, doesn't it? Yes. Tyler Lucas, hey, completely unrelated, but Joel, where can I go to watch the rest of Capes and Quests? Well, thank you for asking, and thank you for being a fan. I have, uh, again, obviously you can watch it live. Uh, every other Thursday we stream at 10, and if you're a patron, I upload those right away to Patreon. So that's where the bulk of all the new episodes are. Uh, the Christmas special is coming out Christmas Eve, and uh, I kept meaning to start back up again. I think episode 15, The Iron Golem, is the last new episode I uploaded. There's a bunch more that are done. I just need to edit them and upload them. And editing and uploading them is actually a pain in the ass because I'm working with so much footage and so much time. You see, Sal knows what's up. He did a tabletop show, too. I'm, I'm maybe going to start again in the new year. Let that be my resolution. We can start again. We're also very, very close to finishing chapter two of capes and quests and then we're probably going to do something different i'll have to talk to the guys if they want to keep going honestly i would like to do a super villain rpg next because capes and quests became a story of fucked up anti-villains and anti-heroes anyway i'm like screw it let's just keep going with this put some costumes on right that'd be a lot of fun yeah um Jonathan Cho says, hey, Joel, any is your annoying Vancouver uh, Finn Jones needs a chance. And you do you guys think the release of Snyder's Justice League will lead to bad things? No, I mean, no. only in so much as it's already, you know, normalized this shitty fan thing, which fans were doing anyway. But this idea that if you just piss and moan and complain and hijack every conversation, with like a studio or something, eventually they'll have to acquiesce and give you your way. But then again, fans were going to do that anyway, and they are doing it anyway. It didn't start with Snyder and the Snyder Cup, but it definitely codified it. Yeah, I, I, I honestly like I don't understand why. Maybe just because people can't handle it anymore. But like, if you ignore that kind of shit, eventually it just goes away. If you don't give people yeah. a voice, they they can't like you know they can't yell, uh, you know. If it's your like conversation to have, just just silence that and keep it going because like like you don't need to acknowledge a loud vocal minority. The internet is not the world, even though it does have quite a megaphoning effect. Exactly. 
I wish more people would learn that the internet is not the world, everybody. Uh, Lewis Cox, uh, Sal and Joel, do you guys get burnout? And if so, how do you guys deal with it? Um, Joel? Yes, I sleep for days <laughs> is what I do. I'll disappear off the face of the earth. But I'm happy to say I don't get it as much as I think other YouTubers do. I think I have what I do down pretty much, Pat. And the stuff that I do do that is maybe a little bit more labor intensive is also a labor of love and really enjoyable. Like the podcast, like the D&D show. I tried to stream. I tried to do video games. That was too much for me. That was just, okay, I'm dying now. This is killing me. I <laughs> stop and just play video games for fun. But that being said, I think I do want to stream, but maybe just don't do video games because everyone's already doing music. I can stream different stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I, um, not when we're making shows, like when I'm shooting with the guys and Tiffany, uh, here in the studio, I never burn it. Like I'm never tired. I'm never burned out. I only want to make more, uh, you know, the guys usually have to leave early, which is why we don't make as much as we used to. Um, but that's the only reason, like it has nothing to do with like, with, with like me and burnout. It has everything to do with like just availability and time. Um, the only time I ever feel like I have burnout is, when I uh, get like an exhaustible amount of bullshit online mm. and even then like it's only fleeting and yeah. it's just like, it's usually when it's like either a misunderstanding or it's like a really, really toxic or bullshit opinion that is like, that's, that's, th that's, that's echoed at me. Yeah. Then I'm like, Oh, like shut up. But then I just don't do like, I guess I'm just, because I'm old enough. I just don't acknowledge it. Like I just yeah. go, okay, which is what you got to do. And I wish more YouTubers would learn that. It's like, you don't have to interact with any of these people if you want. Yeah. And like when it comes to comics, like, no, you know, people are like, I, I, people have wanted to sh shut me up for years being like, look at him getting burnout. Look at him getting sick of comics. I'd say the same thing about death metal today as I would 10 years ago. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, Sometimes there's an inundation of bullshit or like bad decisions. That's that frustrates me, but doesn't burn me out. I've never been like, oh man, I I used to like my friends and I used to used to debate slash make fun of the prequels like every day <laughs> for like a decade. I know that, and it never got old. It never stopped, and we're still doing it today. Like. And, you know, eventually, and it's not even like it's something where it's like, I hate, I've hated my heart and I keep it stoked. Like, it's just, it's just a joke. Like whenever anybody makes a, dro like drops a general grievous reference in the, on, on back of it's just, we're just keeping it going. Like I, I don't get tired of, of, of talking about the things I like or don't like for a living. Mm -hmm. uh, Gavin Scott, my friends and I are going to start a podcast with equipment or software software. Do you recommend, uh, you know, uh, the, be the spend the most amount of money on a microphone. Um, yes. I wouldn't necessarily recommend a Yeti, but like they're cheap, they're decent, and you can use uh, online. You can use cheap software online uh, to Audacity mitigate. It's free. Audacity is free. Uh, yeah, OBS is free. So those are those are two programs you could use right away. Learn them, test them. Don't like use them. Don't test them live right away you know like yeah. do a bunch of like private tests just to see and Need get it all like it. ironed out yeah 
and, and like anything else, it comes in time, you know, banter on mic banter, all this other stuff. You, you, you know, it's, it's a muscle. You got to work it out. I mean, Sal and I didn't always have this excellent back and <laughs> forth that you're enjoying right now. We had to cultivate it over 200 episodes in multiple years. And that's true with all my podcast people. I mean, I've been doing a show with Matt since freaking forever. I've been doing a show with you for like almost as long now. So this is, this is effortless. You just hit play and we do the show. Exactly. Um, Kevin wants to know uh, what comic character he's shocked to see in live action. Uh, Black Lightning. Uh, I'm I'm shocked mm-hmm. that Shang Chi got a movie. That's so dope. Happy that both of them got it. Like I'm happy for both of them, but those are the ones I'm the most shocked by. And you I, can I imagine mean, why. It's just like I didn't imagine they think that a Black Lightning show could be sustainable, and it was. Yeah, and, for multiple seasons. And, and Shang Chi's getting a friggin' movie. That's awesome. I mean, Groot and Rocket Raccoon are certainly up there for me. I'm really just the Guardians of the Galaxy in general. Like, they made a movie out of this, and it was huge. Holy shit. Everyone from that Suicide Squad movie coming out? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, really nothing surprises me anymore. We are past the point now of it, where it's just like, oh, yeah, here's King Shark and Peacemaker, and here's the entirety of the Eternals. Right, the Eternals. That's, that's, That's the thing that really blows my mind. Uh, Taylor Pester, did you see the Cyclone got cast for Black Adam? She is one of my favorite JSA characters. I'm not familiar with the actor, but they are non-binary, which is cool. Oh, right on. Right on. Good no, I didn't that. see that. Uh, DIYR, uh, hope you lost, hope your lost comics got refunded. Almost 90K though. Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't. Apparently they, they, uh, they, they got recovered. Um, I, I was, I bought some books. They, uh, they stopped updating where they were going on the 6th of December. I contacted them on like the 11th. Uh, they, I, I contacted the shipper and the shipping group. Shipping group was like, they're lost. They're gone. Like they're gone. You might that as well blows. contact, contact the merchant and tell them to market lost. Wow. And I'm like, okay, contact the merchant. Merchant was like, they're not lost. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so uh, I went to Twitter and I was like, that's horseshit. And then they arrived the next day. Customer like, service, man. Cool. Um, Pressy8040, who's more annoying, Null or the Batman Who Laughs? Batman Who Laughs. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because Null is referenced a lot. Batman Who Laughs inserts himself into everything. Yep. O- overtakes every story. Even the story where he died in the beginning, like, oh, good, no more Batman Who Laughs. And he just became something else and is still here. How many Null action figures are there? A lot, I'm sure. Oh, no, none. None, actually. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've made a Null yet. There are two Batman Who Laughs action figures. That should tell you everything you need to know right there. And Null, again, sticking to their guns about doing the whole Lovecraftian horror thing. No, you don't see Cthulhu. Cthulhu exists in the void, in the darkness of space. You hear him. He works through people. And only when he shows up is it a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Pricey asked that. Uh, The captain, too many spider people running around New York. Plus, Miles and Gwen back in their own universes have Jessica Drew go back to L.A. and keep Miguel in 2099. You speak my language, man. That's what I would do if I were in charge of the spider office. Get Listen, do they make money? Fine. Give them a book. Don't put them in the other book. Keep them separate. That's all you got to do, man. I mean, what was it? Uh, you know, I'd, bring, I'd actually probably expand the line. You know, you, like, would there be a ghost spider book? Yeah, it wouldn't be called the ghost spider. Uh, but like Spider-Man, main book. That's mm-hmm. called Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Superior Spider-Man. That's a book. Obviously. Mm. Uh, you do it. You do a story arc where Doc Ock fights Kane. He takes over Kane's body. Now Kane is the spirit of Spider-Man with Doc Ock's brain in his body. End of story. Then you just keep going. Just Doc Ock is like, I'm going to show you I could be a better Spider-Man than you. And it's actually better because now I can watch in real time how much better I am than you at it. 
we know Superior Spider-Man sells. That's the end of those days. We know Scarlet Spider slash Kane doesn't. Sells for a little while, but doesn't. Mm. Put put Yost on uh on uh on, on Superior Spider-Man, end of story. Um this this has always been a subject where you and I have disagreed because I was always for the integration of the universes and having the characters run around where they could interact more. Yeah. But I will admit, as more and more time goes on, it's like, oh, none of you writers are interested in doing this, though. Yeah. None of you <laughs> want to do it the obvious way that I would do it. And the longer it goes on, the more annoying it becomes. Like, why why doesn't Miles hang out with Peter more? Why don't they have more crossover adventures? Why why do they almost seem afraid of crossing this over? Like, they don't want to do it's It's very fucking strange. It's weird. Uh, Jay Met, Joel, what are your thoughts on Virus in Venom? I thought Virus was very funny. Uh, again, Virus was that, like, war machine-looking guy with uh, the spider stuff on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler it was just matt gargan who created a new identity to try and get revenge on uh venom and venom defeats him instantly too is the funny uh-huh. thing he just backhands him and he's done and here's the extra funny part apparently the first virus issue sold huge on the speculator market so yes. it was going for hundreds of dollars and i love that donny cates basically punked the entire speculator market like haha you thought it was new but it was just fucking matt gargan <laughs> uh devonta crump uh what do you think they'll do with the hulk other than she hulk i think they should do amadeus Cho or future imperfect stay cool you too man um yeah i don't know um i'd like to see i mean like honestly at, at this rate like with any of these characters that are now outside of the cloud that endgame loomed i think it's time for like a hulk movie agreed with like Mark Ruffalo just being Hulk, doing Hulk stuff. That Maybe Betty shows up. Like that. Uh, yeah. That's what I'd like to see. If they can ever entangle it from whatever weird labyrinthian contract Universal has apparently put together for right? them. Ted Cruz, uh, do you think Hickman will reboot the MU after X Men? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Saint Lucia, why do you do some? Why do some possible futures stick around and others fade away? Popularity. True enough v's valerie uh what are you are you ever going to review battle for the cowl on back issues maybe but uh, it's not a priority but uh you know there are there are enough batman stories we could always do battle for the cowl Mm -hmm. it really depends if if there was like a thing like to tie it into definitely and even then like maybe i'll never say never about any book uh, unless it's like you know stupid (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lewis Cox, do could Hickman do a run of Spider-Man or Iron Man after he's finished with X-Men? Mm-hmm. I heard he wants to do DC, but I would love for him to do either. That would be fun. I wonder what big ideas he would bring to it. Mike Manhattan, I think Maestro will appear in the MCU? I would love that. Happen. I mean, that's a perfect villain right there. You've already set up how strong Hulk is. Now he's smart. What if he was strong, smart, and old and evil? Yeah. I mean, Kang means time constantly. True enough. Winford Lee, longtime fan. No question. Just want to pitch in. Thank you, Winford. Really appreciate it, man. Lucha Dandy, last super chat, I swear, with Ultraman having some comics with Marvel, do you think the other Japanese media could get the treatment? Loki wants some Godzilla or Kamen Rider Marvel comics. That'd be super cool. I mean, the door is open now more than ever. There is a Attack on Titan versus Avengers comic. So, like, yes, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of that in the future. Uh Art and Chitwood. Turns out I do have a question with all the creators you've interviewed so far. Who would you like to see on the show next? Um, I mean, there are so many that I'd love to have on the show. Um, it, it really depends on like who would be 
interesting, relevant. You know, we I, I got Garth Ennis on the show. He didn't want to be there, but it was still really fun. That's a pretty fucking good feather in the cap. You no, know, uh, I'd love to have um, I'd love to have Frank Miller on the show. Mm. Kevin Smith, um, Straczynski, Jeff Johns, uh, Ben Edlund would be great. Um, Jim Shooter would be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, Dave Gibbons would be cool. Jerry Conway would be fun. Um, all excellent choices. You know, Marv Wolfman would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and um, Walter Simonson and Louise Simonson for that matter. A lot of those guys too, you know, because they're not getting any younger. You really want to try and get them now while you can. You don't want it to be a Denny O'Neill situation. I never got to meet Denny O'Neill and that always broke my heart. I met Denny O'Neill at, at the last East Coast Comic Con. Mm. Um, he was very old and tired. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but still, but he stayed two hours or three hours longer uh, than his line, like that he was going to. He's, he was incredible. I, I always wanted to tell him, like, hey, man, you wrote, like, the stuff you wrote about Batman is the stuff that I still take as gospel truth to this yeah. day, and Batman wouldn't have been as cool without you and the stuff you create. You create stuff people forgot you created. Right? Uh, Tomas would be cool, too. And uh, just as a feather, like, I would like Kelly Thompson to come on the show and talk yeah. to me for an hour. Uh, Kelly, balls in your court. <laughs> um, where was I? Ah, um... There we go. Raj Patel, what point do you decide this book isn't for me? Um, for me, it really comes... It, like, I want to say it's issue two, but I know it's issue one. It's a mm-hmm. lot of those. Um, where I just read it and I'm like, oh no. Like, sometimes, uh, you know, at the insistence of a, of a, of a personality that I really respect or, uh, or, or listen to, you know, I'll, I'll give it another shot. But sometimes it's time. You know, sometimes something that like wasn't for me, I'll give another shot just because time has passed and I want to give that another uh, go. And, I, and I'll, I have rediscovered books as a result. Like I like, I, I did not like Marvels when it first came out mm. and I did re like Marvels as a right. I, 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 uh, that's, that's a really good system. Sometimes I know right away to other times because I cover so many books for the channel. I have a system. I'll put my little folders there for my video projects I need to do. And I can't do everything in a week. So sometimes something gets bumped. Then it gets bumped again. And after several bumpings, I'm like, okay, I guess I wasn't as interested in that as I thought if I keep bumping it. <laughs> that's how I tell. Yeah. Um, somebody mentioned, uh, does Internet Sensation Rich Evans even read comics? Uh, Rich Evans ha- used to read comics, uh, doesn't much anymore, um, and he'd be, he'd be he'd be a welcome guest on this show. Uh, what was it? Uh, Cam, they should just turn Spider Man into an ongoing series. At yeah. this point, I'm shocked they didn't. Same. It was Spider Man too, so poorly received. They're like, well, now you've poisoned the the brand. Now people don't want that. I think so. <laughs> Because, I mean, people forget how badly Spider-Man 2 really shit the bed. Spider-Man 1 was actually, like, a lot of fun and really cool. Right? Uh, Mike Manhattan, uh, did you hear Grant Morrison came out as a non-binary? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did, too. Um, Talk about a piece of news where I'm like, yeah, yeah, that tracks. Right. (laughs) Literally, I saw the headline. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. I mean, so many of your stories were about, you know, uh, what is it, transhumanism and exceeding the human form and all these other characters and everything. I'm like, yep, yep, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Radical Radish, I feel like Spider-Man family should act like the Bat family. They get their own books and don't need to be in Gotham constantly to re- be relevant. See, mm-hmm. 
but you but that's not the bat family the bat family is intrinsically connected you see them constantly with each other uh everybody wants to make a book about all of them at the same time for me there is no spider family that should be the directive at marvel there is no spider family yeah that's a real uh what is it uh uh, I know that's always been a real issue for you. Yeah. The idea of the spy. I don't care if you call them the web warriors or the order of the web. That's not a thing. That's so dumb. I hate it. Spider-Man. The reason people like Spider-Man is not because he is a, he's a totemic magic based character who is, who is connected to the web life and destiny. Like, no, he he's a poor kid from Queens who tries to do the right thing. Oh, but he does. And this, no, because that's not, us we're not connected to the web of life and death that's not a thing uh cam they should just turn spider-man into an ongoing saw that um and uh nathaniel uh decker says would you want to interview grant morrison or alan moore i mean yeah who wouldn't yeah i i don't think either of them will ever come on this show <laughs> uh but it would be great the thing with alan like i'd, I'd interviewed morrison before more not because I like one over the other, but more because Morrison would actually want to talk about comics. Mm. Uh, I feel like more would not. And I don't want to like, I don't want to be one of those idiot gotcha journalists. Who's like, yeah. Hey, Alan Moore, we're going to talk about your movie. Oh, I got you. We're going to talk about Watchmen and what they're doing to it. Uh, like that's not something I would want to do. It's not, but it's the only way I'd get him to talk about comics, which I have no interest in doing. Mm. Um, but I would love to talk to Alan Moore for like an hour. That'd be a lot of fun. Alan Moore is more of a get to because he'd have to smoke him out of whatever magic cave he's hiding in and then like put a microphone in front of his face. Right. I, as I understand it, he he doesn't uh, he's not afraid of getting a microphone in his face. Like he is very OK with being interviewed and talking for like a long time. Right. Uh, I also don't have his people. So it's, <laughs> there's no way to even reach out to him. Morrison, I did reach out to. I reached out to his people. Uh, he will not come on the show. Oh, that's a shame. I know. And it's not because he hates us. It's just, he's just like, who are you again? No, he's like, freaking Morrison. He's, yeah, he's, Morrison. he's, he's like, I, going on. I, I, I like, I like offer quotes for like New York times books. I'm, I don't need to come on your, on your show about comic books, but uh, yeah, that was it. We had a, we had a really fun time. I hope. Uh, yeah. Cole, how did you feel about this one? Oh, this was great. I, I enjoy getting to do these every so often. Same here, man. Um, we're going to do another show really quick over on patreon.com slash comic pop. If you want to go check that out, it's going to be live over there and then we'll be safe for, for posterity uh, for those of you who are watching. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and, and asking so many amazing questions and contributing to this episode. Thank you very much for giving us a chance to just do this. It was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. Um, another big thing uh, I want to mention is of course, if you want to help out the channel, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like this video, if you did enjoy it and like any video you enjoy from this channel, it helps the channel grow somehow. I don't know. Uh, but of course, if you want to help us more directly, go to patreoncom slash comic pop, give it a follow or the very least, uh, yeah, do give it a follow uh, in case YouTube falls apart someday. Uh, yeah, that's it. We'll catch you guys later. So long. Bye-bye. <laughs>